But here we go, Ephesians chapter 3. It's a, there's a lot in this chapter. There's a, a lot of material in this chapter, and um, I'm not even going to try to race through it because it's all good stuff. I really want us to glean from it. So I'm in chapter 3, and if you remember last week, I was preaching along, and the Holy Spirit just said, okay, shut the tap off, you're done. So I did. I, I just stopped when I felt I needed to stop, and I'm glad that I did. So we're going to start at verse 14, and we're going to read to the end of the chapter um, in Ephesians chapter 3. And it says this, and again, this is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, and he writes this. He said, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened, everybody say strengthened, with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints, which is the width and the length and the depth and the height. If you want to understand the depth and the width and the height of Christ's love, you can't do it alone. You need the church. That's another sermon for another day, but it just rings aloud. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, everybody say to him, who was able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word that's forever settled in heaven. I pray, Father, you would speak to our hearts today clearly. Anoint us and direct us in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house say it. So Paul, from chapter 3, verse 1 to 13, pontificates about the love of Christ and the power of Christ and, and the reality that if there was ever a wall that would separate us from the love of God, if there was ever a wall that would separate race or gender or tribe, the wall's gone down. And how, we're, how we, we get the reality that God's love and His, His grace and His mercy, it doesn't know um, what country you're from. It doesn't take into consideration the color of your skin or the language you speak. And we can clearly see in the Scripture how that when it comes to, God's, when it comes to racism, God's not in it. He's interested in the whomsoever will, period. It started with the Jew and the Gentile. And how was the Jews had this all to themselves, but the wall came down at the cross, amen? And there's another wall that exists. There's this wall that people will come to our doors. They will come to this building or another church somewhere. And they'll say, well, there's another wall. It has nothing to do with the color of my skin or the language I speak or the country I'm from. But it has to do with the deeds that I did that were so bad and the thoughts that I had that were so bad. My resume is just a cluttered, messed up mess. And there's no way, based on everything that I've done, God could ever forgive me and God could ever care about me and God could ever accept me. And Paul over and over and over again says that wall has gone down. It's gone down. There is no wall whatsoever between you and God's love, you just got to walk into it. And Paul is strongly going down this direction. And then verse 14, he says, don't even worry about my current state of affairs. 
I'm in prison cell. I'm on trial. I'm waiting for my trial. You can check it out in Acts chapter 28, whereby he is waiting for his trial because the law told him not to preach, but he preached anyway. I'm glad that he did. Amen. And so he's waiting in a prison cell. And verse 13 says, don't get worrying about my tribulations. Don't worry that I'm having a challenging time. Because if you could take a little break from the natural and jump into the supernatural, I'm having a party. If you could leave the natural and jump into the supernatural, I'm as free as I've ever been. I'm freer now than I was in Acts chapter 2 before God hit me upside the head and woke me up and gave me this marvelous revelation. I am the freest Paul you guys have ever laid eyes on. Amen? And people could even come to you and I in this day and age and say, how can you do this and how can you do that? And I have to honestly say, I've never been any freer. Boys, I was quiet. Why? Because my freedom is not dictated on the climate of the economy or the climate of the government or who's doing this or who's doing that. If my freedom and my citizenship is bound up in natural circumstances, my friend, we have not yet been to the cross. Hello. And he says, for this reason... I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. He's saying, guys, at the end of the day, the reason I can get down and pray is because when I start communicating with the authority of all authorities, when I start talking to the king of all kings, when I start talking to the God over all gods, when I start speaking to the one that has no equal, that has no parallel, that has no right or no left, but when I begin to speak to a father who loves and cares and listens to the faintest voice, to the loudest cry, his arms are strong enough and they're long enough and his eye can see whatever he wants to see but you got to call out and he says for this reason I bow my knees to the father it's like if you could put chapter 1 chapter 2 chapter 3 it's really repeat it's God's love for humanity God's crazy radical love for you and I and he loves you and cares enough for you and he says this in verse 16 that he would grant you The reason I'm only focusing on this verse this morning is simply because of this. You could take this prayer and you could pray it over yourself. Lord, would you please grant me according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might through my inner being. You could pray that prayer for your family. Lord, that you would grant my family according to the riches of your glory, that my family will be strengthened with the power of your might to their very inner being. You could pray for your church family, oh, living God, that you would grant my church family According to the riches of your glory, that my church family, every one of them, that they will be strengthened with the power of your might to their very being. Whoo! You pray that prayer long enough, anything that was getting you down in the mullet grubs is going to get you out real quick. Amen? 
I, I double don't dare you. Maybe there's somebody in the church or the natural family or the spiritual family, or even you might not even be getting along with yourself. And you deed chapter 3, verse 16 out and pray that over you, over yourself and your family and your church family, by the time you're done, you'll forget what was getting you all down. In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy, and at his right hand, there are what? Pleasures forevermore. Amen. Riches. What would he mean by riches? Because you gotta, if you're going to pray this prayer, you've got to know what it means. What's he talking about according to the riches of his glory? The word riches, the New Testament written in the Greek, that word riches interpreted means wealth. Wealth of what? What did I say to you last week? God is crazy about you. You see, if he had a bank account, and, the, and the, uh, the measure of economy in that bank account was love. It wouldn't be under, uh, what's that, what's that um, dra- overdraft? It would, be, it would be bubbling. He'd have to get more accounts because that account would be so full. You'd have to get account number two and account number three. He'd have so much money. Does anybody here have so much money you could have more than one bank account? <laughs> Somebody says, I got overdraft going on three accounts. <laughs> Guess what? God's love, His riches, His wealth and love is so radically uh, just abundant that He will never, never, never run out. God, would you bless my family with the wealth of God's love? God, would you bless my church with the wealth of God's love? Every one of them make a deposit, make a deposit, make a deposit. Lord, for forgiveness and grace and mercy. Lord, flow the riches of your grace and your mercy on my family today (laughs) it's true I believe it and you pray this prayer and say God bless them God bless them crazily and God I just picked out a few of the fruit of the spirit God I just pray over my church family you would grant according to the riches of maybe your patience Lord, give, Lord, Lord, give them, Lord, give them the spirit of giving. That, Lord, you know what? When, when I see a young fellow stand up here and he's just going on, he's just riveting inside and out. He was here early. He's going to stay around for service number two, and he's just bouncing inside and out because drugs no longer has a hold on him, and addictions no longer has a hold on him. I say, Lord, would you grant your riches of love and patience and wealth upon his life? And when I see that stuff happen, I say, Lord, across this congregation, Lord, I pray that you would grant, according to the riches of your glory, just a spirit of giving. Just a spirit of giving. That when you understand, he never runs out of resources. He never runs out of stuff to do and stuff to give. Check it out, some of the scriptures on God's riches. Philippians 4.19, and my God, everybody say, my God will supply all your needs according to what? His riches. Again, that word interpreted means wealth. According to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ. 
You see, my God will supply all your needs. You see, some people, you may have all the money you need to pay all your bills and buy all your food, invest for your future, and buy insurance to protect the unknown and all that good stuff, but maybe you are brokenhearted. Maybe you're fighting depression. Maybe you're going down the valley of the shadow of death. Maybe you're really, really just your mental health is really taking a beating. My God will supply all of your needs, every one of them, financial, spiritual, health-wise, mental health-wise. It matters not. My God will show up, and whatever there's a deficit, God will make sure there's a surplus. He won't give you enough love and grace and aptitude just to barely get by. He's going to give you so much because what's his concept? Love you so you can love others. He's not a hoarder. He's not going to hold on and say, no, we're not giving out. But you know what? He said, Lord, I want the anointing of the Holy Spirit to rest upon this one and this one and the church family. I want the anointing of the Holy Spirit to rest on each and every one around me. Lord, will you supply every need that they have right now? 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest on me. Ephesians 1 and 7 says it this way. In him... We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the richness of his grace. According to, I'll speak in Greek for a moment, according to the wealth of his grace. You see, God can reach and reach and deposit and invest and work, and he never runs out. I know there are prayers that we prayed in this room that say, God, do I, do I keep on praying? Do I keep on fasting? Do I keep on pressing on? And his riches, his wealth of love, his wealth of forgiveness is don't, don't, whatever you do, don't give up. I don't know the last prayer that was prayed over Chuck Simpson. I don't know the last meal that was fasted, but I'm glad that somebody stepped up to the plate and said, I won't give up and I won't quit and I won't turn back and I won't have this to be a bad day in the final day but I'm pressing on glory to God Whew. Colossians 2 and 2 that they may be encouraged in heart I trust you're encouraged today Knit together in love. Does anybody here knit? Annie, you knit. I know you knit. Anybody? Oh, knitting, knitting, knitting. Whoo. I don't know nothing about knitting. I know. I, it looks very confusing to me. There's a needle going this way and a needle going that way, and then the cat comes along, grabs the yarn, and takes off across the room. Maybe your mittens are half done and the cat takes off and whatever you just done in the last three days is gone. Poof. What I'm saying is there's a skill to knitting. There's a mindset to knitting. You see those mittens before they're done. You've got a pattern you're following. You've got a skill set you're employing. 
And what do you do it for? I don't know if I don't know if too many people, and this is just coming to me, it's not even my notes, it's just coming to me, so I gotta give it to you. I don't know too many people out there that when they get in and say, Boys, those mittens are for me. How many times you see a pattern or an idea or a picture and say, Oh, wouldn't wouldn't Madison love that nice sweater with the flowers all over it? Where that to her grade eleven school party. But over and over, see, I know people that knit or do quilting. A lot of you do quilting here at the church. What do you, you see it, you see a pattern, and what's the first thing that hits your head? I'm going to give this away. I never met a selfish knitter. Here we go again. Let's read it now that we have some context. That we may be encouraged in heart, knit together in love, and filled with the full riches of complete understanding so that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. I'm knit together and I'm putting together this pattern that he's laid out to us, that he's put and formatted for us. He's given us the skill set through the power of the Holy Word and the leadership of the Spirit. And I'm knitting this together because I can hardly wait to give the sweater of love away. I can hardly wait to give it away. We're knitted together. How? Because the riches of his love. If you feel like your world, spiritual world, natural world, whatever's falling apart, all you got to do is say, God, I pray that I would be encouraged. I pray, Father, I would be an encourager. I pray, Father, that everybody I come in contact with, in my spiritual mind, I'm knitting you a pair of mittens. Glory. When you live that kind of mindset, every selfish bone, gone. And for this reason, I bow down on my knees and I pray oh, that the riches, whew, my land of his love. Amazing, isn't it? You see, folks, when you're filled with the riches of his love and you come together and you're knit together, how do we get a complete understanding? When you say, Father, help me to love as you would love. Why are you, why are you taking such a time for this lengthy prayer? Because we can get revelation from this prayer. We can get illumination from this prayer. We can get understanding from this prayer. We can get breakthrough from this prayer. Walls come tumbling down on these prayers. And for this reason I bow down to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you. There's not one exception to the rule. 
All scholars would agree that the book of Ephesians, the letter to the church of Ephesus, was not meant just for that church over in Rome to the city of Ephesus. But this letter was a multiple letter to multiple churches that would be read in multiple gatherings almost 1,600, 1,700 years ago. And it still holds true to this very day that we can sit in our study closets, our prayer closets, and say, Lord, over my church family, I just pray the riches of your love would just baptize and flam. I pray there be just a funnel of richness of God's love and God's mercy. And what happens, we get that in our heads and we get that in our minds and you get up from a season of prayer and God puts something in your spirit. He puts something in your heart and he says, go loving, go knitting, go knit something today, go knit something today. For too long, that thing that used to separate this one from that one, the needle of love took over. That ball of yarn that was over there and that ball of yarn that was over there comes together and looks very pretty. I used to watch my mom knit as I'm going to wind this, I'm going to land the plane with this one. I've only got part one of verse 16. (laughs) But that's okay. But I used to watch my mom knit. And this basket of stuff, my OCD would kick in. There's needles and there's patterns and there's books and there's yarn just everywhere. It looked like chaos when you just looked at it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? All right, there's a cup of tea, there's a rocking chair, and there's a basket full of junk. That's what I classified it as. I know not true, but it's But lo and behold, that basket would get emptier and emptier and emptier and something would begin to form that would bring comfort and protection, warmth. This basket, this life that you and I are in right now, it's a mess. And we can look at it from our natural eyes and say, look at the mess over here. Look at the mess over here. But then this little book, tiny little book tucked in the back has a little pattern to it. Now, Grandma, get your glasses out. Yeah, looks like that. These baskets of life, chaos and mess, heart broke, messed up, more month than money, family relationships ripped apart, church relationships ripped apart, but God says, you know what, I've got a pattern. I've got a pattern, and I've got a plan. And through the rhythm and the chords of love, I will needle it together. And what seemed like a mess is now a message. And my prayer for every one of you this week is simply this. I bow on my knees and I pray that the Father above, who is above all and in all and through all, would grant you the riches of His grace and His mercy and His power. 
My prayer for you, dear children, dear friends, dear family, in person or online, is that you would have a revelation of the wealth of God's love. Because my God's a knitting and He's bringing it together. Why is this so important? Because Colossians gives us the algorithm with the full riches of complete understanding. You cannot understand the power of God's love alone. You need the body knitted together to understand the richness of His love. We've all been in the room of a thousand people, but yet you felt alone. It's not a lot of fun. We've all been at the family gathering at the Thanksgiving dinner or the turkey dinner when everybody's there, but you feel like you're the third wheel. We've all been to church and the power of God is moving and the Spirit of God is working on our lives, but you feel like you're the worst amongst but that is where God steps in and starts knitting it together. The scripture goes on to say that He clothes us with His righteousness. That which He put together and that which He, the blood that He spilt on the cross looked like a mess, but He brings it all together and the next thing you know, He's clothing you. I, I need your jacket. I need your red jacket. David, I need your red jacket. I got to do this. Just throw it at me. Whatever you got to do. We feel like we're a mess. And we feel like they're all alone. And we feel like, you know what? We, we're not good enough. We feel like we're not qualified. And how can I ever get along with this one? And how can I ever make it work with that relationship? If oh, God doesn't even understand it all. But when we as a church family begin to pray over one another, say, God, bring us together. He brings us along. And He puts on His clothes of righteousness. And we look up and say, God, you don't get it. God says, yes, yes, I do. When I look at you, I see my blood. I see my blood. Yes. I see a reflection of me. How God could you see a reflection of me? Because the old has passed away. And the new is all right there. What I'm saying is don't beat yourself up. Don't knock yourself down. Because my God's a knitting. And you know what? There was a time when this wasn't all pretty. There was cotton in a basket. It looked like a big mess, but it all came together. It made something beautiful out of it. For this reason, I bow down and I pray. I pray. I pray. You can come. of His glory. 
Who knew you could spend 35 or 40 minutes talking about half of Christ? You spend a whole month on it. The riches. The riches. Let's all stand together this morning. As we begin to worship, I want our minds and our hearts and our spirits set on one thing. Lord, grant me, I need it, revelation. Lord, grant my church family, grant my natural family everything that you have for them.
continuity is the only reason we call this place is the altars because that's where it's a place where stuff is left for God to deal with. The Old Testament taught us over and over again, if you want God to deal with it, just leave it at the altar and walk away. In these modern times, in the front of the church, that's why we call it the altar. But my prayer this morning is this for every one of us. This kind of prayer will make you feel good. It'll make you feel encouraged. If you pray this prayer over your family and over your church family, the same will happen. Not because I said it, I'm just a tall, skinny farmer guy. But I know what the Word says, and I'm going to stand on the Word. Hello. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. That the richness and the riches of God's grace and God's mercy and God's power. I'm going to pray this morning that the wealth of God, the wealth of God is absolutely baptizing you. That you would experience the wealth of heaven's love and grace and power and mercy and healing. Jesus' name. You need healing in your body today? His wealth is here for you. You need encouragement today? The wealth of God's grace is here for you. You need understanding and trying to wrap your head around all this? Don't try it in natural means. Just say, God, I may not get it all, but I'm trusting in you right now. As the worship team just plays softly in the background. I'm going to pray. And if you want special prayer today, if you want a specific prayer today, maybe you're here and you don't even know this Christ that I'm talking about, that we've read about, that we sang about, but you want to know Him. I promise you that if you come, I'll pray with you. Our team will pray with you. And you will walk home and you and God will be on talking terms. We have made it way too complicated. Way too complicated. When he is that good, good father that Abby so well sang a while ago. That he loves lavishing good gifts on his children. So Father, right now in Jesus' name. I do pray that you would grant everyone in this room according to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with might through the Holy Spirit in their very inner man. Father, I pray today that we would have an understanding of the riches of heaven. The wealth of your love and the wealth of your grace and the wealth of your forgiveness and the wealth of your power and the wealth of your ability and Father, the wealth of your care and understanding and love, suffering and mercy and grace. That the riches of your love would overwhelm this room today. Father, right now I pray you open up people's minds and hearts across this room. 
as you're doing something, you're building your kingdom. We understand from the context of this passage from 14 to verse 20 and 21 that this is an ongoing thing. It's not a once and done thing, but it's always ongoing because you are a living God and your word is alive and active. And so you knit this thing together in love. And you are fooling it so full of your riches of grace and mercy that I pray that everybody I'm talking to in person or online would have an absolute understanding of how much you want to give them and pour out on them. There will be anointing. There will be an anointing upon this congregation, this body of believers that will be poured out a wealth of anointing and authority that will be poured out upon these dear people. That those things that used to be hard are now easy. Those things that used to be complicated are now very simple. The sickness and the disease that looked so overwhelming, now all you can see is the healing hand of God. Before we could go, if we could sing that good, good father one more time, because he's a good, good father. Somebody, you just need to hear it. You just need to get it in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit right now. Because my God's about to do some knitting. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Father, I pray that we walk from this service, but not from your presence, that you are pleased. We love you and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. I pray for the next service. As that group of people come in today, the atmosphere has been set. They will feel your love, your grace, your abundant mercy. But this week, Father, we will be employed with a total understanding of your love for us. The width, the breadth, the height. Whoever walked in here today that was poor walks away today rich. Rich. Norma, you are rich. Norma and Larry for never giving up. Never giving up. Chuck for just sticking with it, even when it was hard. Because God's putting it together. God's putting things together. I see relationships mending. Family coming together. So God bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. In Jesus' name.